Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to get more people into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Colossians 1, 15-29. Deviation can be deadly. You've probably all heard the idea that if you're traveling, let's just say on a plane and and your course gets off uh, just by a degree or two, well, when you extend that over hundreds of miles or even thousands of miles, you can miss your target by a lot. I recently read a book about a failed Antarctic expedition. And as these men were trying to go back north, eventually they had to flee the the safety of what was temporary safety to ultimately get to some outlying islands. And they had to brave the open and frigid seas. But the problem was if they missed these islands, they would almost assuredly be lost. And so their navigation had to be precise because deviation for them would have been very deadly. Well, that's at the heart of what Paul is teaching to the Colossians here, uh, that deviation from Christ is what he is warning them about. And now that we get past the greetings, we'll get more into that message in the book, uh, because it seems that there is false teaching. Like again, we're listening to kind of one side of a telephone conversation here. We don't know exactly what the false teaching was, but it seems in one way or another to be trying to communicate the message that Christ is not enough. Maybe we need Christ and circumcision. Circumcision. Maybe we need Christ and some level of ceremony. Maybe we need Christ and some level of asceticism, as we'll see later in chapter 2, where Paul wants to point it back to, no, what we need is Christ and the hope that can only come from Christ. And if we deviate from Christ, even by a little bit, That can be very deadly. Uh, So we see here, now as he gets into the meat of the letter, we see it start with a beautiful picture of the majesty of Christ. But before he really gets into any of the error and any of the things that he's warning them against, any of the ways they might deviate, he starts by reminding them of what true north really is, of what the goal really is and who it is that they're after. He speaks of Christ here in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Why do you need anything else but Christ? Because he is the one who created all things and all things were created for him. And there that even includes not just, again, what is visible. Paul highlights what is invisible. Even Christ being the creator of things that we cannot see in the spiritual realm. And so if people are being told, oh, you need this or you need that to really be 
um, godly. No, Christ created everything, and we don't need to bring, you know, worship of angels in, like we'll see mentioned in chapter 2, because God created the angels. And then it says in verse 17, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So even uh, the universe is sustained by the word of God. Why do we need something else? Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He is preeminent. So even again, that should speak to the direction of our entire lives, which should give direction to our lives is not our own desires or what we think we will, will bring us satisfaction. What should give direction to our lives is Christ. What does he want? What will bring him glory? Because he is first. He is preeminent and we should live like that is true. And then it goes on to speak of Christ and his perfect role in reconciliation for all the fullness of God is dwelling in him and he is reconciling uh, all things to himself by making peace by the blood of his cross. And then it talks about you who once were alienated and hostile. He has now reconciled. So this reconciliation comes here. We see by the blood of his cross in verse 20, verse 22, by his death. And there's a goal to what Christ did for us on the cross in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So again, I hope this is something you see so clearly in the New Testament. Christ died on the cross not only for your forgiveness, although that is so important, but he died on the cross so that you would be holy. He died on the cross so that you would be like him. He's the firstborn from the dead. You will be the other offspring, right? You will someday rise from the dead. You are meant now to be a model of Christ. That's why he died for you. And you need to beware of deviation. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I Paul became a minister. So there he warns them, don't shift from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. And I want to exhort you today, do not shift from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. Maybe you're tempted by some temptation and that is causing you to stray from the gospel. Maybe there's some intellectual argument saying, well, maybe the gospel isn't all that the Bible says it is. Maybe you're being tempted to add to the gospel and say, no, there must be something I can do. Maybe I can through tradition or ceremony somehow make myself more holy. No, that is not how it works. So are you being tempted to deviate from Christ by any of those things? We need to see the warning and the danger of that on the one hand. But again, as you read this, we need to see the worthiness of Christ on the other hand. There is no one like him. Now, you need to watch out for that for yourself, but also I would say that we all have a role to play in the lives of others to this effect as well, because now Paul speaks of himself and speaks of his role in their growth and in their sanctification and in pointing them to Christ. And that's where I would say we all have a role to play in that. Now, 
I do think one good application as you read verses 24 through 29 would be to pray for your pastors because they bear, I think, a greater responsibility in this role. Not the same because they are not apostles, but more similar to what we see Paul writing here. But I do not think that means that if you're not a pastor, uh, you can just read 24 and 29 and say, I'm glad that doesn't apply to me. No, there's principles here that we should all seek to apply. So as you look at verses 24 through 29, pray these things for your pastors, but also examine yourself with these things as well. One thing we see, right, or a couple things we see right off the bat in verse 24, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Wow, there's a lot just in those phrases. First, I rejoice in my sufferings. We won't spend long on this because we saw so much of that in the book of Philippians. We saw so much of that in the book of 2 Corinthians. But notice he says, in my sufferings for your sake. Paul was willing to suffer, not just because it made him feel holy and he felt closer to Jesus in that, but he really cared about the people for whom he was suffering. And he realizes suffering is going to be necessary. And he says, and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is the church. Now, clearly he cannot be meaning anything salvific. There is nothing lacking in Christ's suffering for the atonement of his people. But that message needs to spread. That message needs to be ministered to others. And Christ has ascended into heaven. He is not doing that. And I think that is more what he is referring to here. And now he speaks of a stewardship that he has, and it is all geared ultimately towards the proclamation of this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. All that you need for hope and glory is Christ in you. And that's the message Paul is suffering for, and that's the message you should seek to be sharing to others, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. You should seek to be sharing that to non-believers, and you should seek to be reminding believers of that, uh, lest they are tempted to drift, lest they are tempted in some way to deviate. No, Christ is the hope of glory. And then it's put so well in verses 28 through 29 in a verse that, again, hopefully will make you pray for your pastors, but also should inspire you. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So some important things to see there, our goal As Christians, and especially I think of this as a pastor, our goal is not only to see people saved. Our goal is to see people mature in Christ. After all, that is the goal for which Christ died, so that they may be presented holy and blameless and above reproach. And we trust in Christ through glorification that that will ultimately happen. But we we press on, as we saw in Philippians 3, toward that goal. So deviation can be deadly. You need to be on guard against that yourself, but also you have a role in ministering to others. It may not be the same as a pastor who you should pray for as you read these verses in 24 through 29, but you should say, you know, I've got a responsibility to proclaim Christ to others. Many of you, you should think of your kids or your grandkids. You may have coworkers who need to hear the gospel. You're surrounded by a community that needs to hear the gospel. And even in church, you should be seeking to labor. I want to see these people not just coming to church, but I want to 
to see them growing. I want to see them mature in Christ because he is the goal and we cannot deviate from that and from him, most importantly. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.